Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and today's guest on the show is Niamh Regan, who has just released her debut album, Hemet, on the new Galway label, Black Gate Records. We did this conversation on a Saturday morning, uh, just less than a week ahead of the release of her debut album. It's a great album. It's really tender, evocative, emotional, and the press release cites the likes of Laura Marling, Lisa Hannigan, This Is The Kit, as well as the influence of Nick Drake and Paul Brady. If you stick around to the end of the 30-minute conversation, you'll hear one of the pre-release singles off Hemet. It's called Save The Day, which I think, for what it's worth, has inklings of Julia Jacklin, if you want to add that into the mix of influences as well. You'll have to stick around in the conversation to hear what exactly Hemet is, if you don't know, and the amazing comparison that Neve makes to it. You can check out the full album now on neveregan.bandcamp.com and Spotify and all the other usual places. And thanks in advance for listening to the chat, to coming back and listening to the podcast. All going well, I should be somewhere in the middle of Donegal when you hear this on my holidays, but you know, the magic of the internet, the, the podcast is online while I'm driving around trying to figure out the road system uh, in Donegal. So talk to you all next week when hopefully we have some cool stuff planned on the podcast. Uh, fingers crossed. And I'll be talking about it on Twitter and stuff if you want to uh, check me out at TPOE blog on Twitter. But yes, here's myself and Neve Regan having a nice old chat of a Saturday morning recently. We're a couple of days away from the release of your debut album how are you feeling are you excited um yes i think to sum it up i'm excited but also nerves are creeping in too just because it's such a weird climate to release an album right now so i don't i don't really know what to to expect um i'm just going to go with the flow and hope somebody responds or listens <laughs> Well, it sounds like you've gotten some good traction already, like your tracks are doing well on radio and stuff, which must just be a nice kind of pat on the back in the first place, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, it was kind of the first time I got radio play that was during the day, um, which just blew my mind um, completely. And it was it was um, planned for that. I kind of wanted to write a radio tune that would kind of be easy to the listener. It just gave everyone... The, the beat straight away and there wasn't too much to it and it, it worked for save the day anyway but um what i was most surprised with when they started playing how about that coffee the second single because that's quite moody i suppose and you know a little bit more laid back and i didn't think it'd be as radio friendly so i was just yeah they really i think maybe i don't want to keep bringing back this kind of covid or this ear this uh, popular <laughs> Um, this year of 2020 but like I think Irish Radio did start kind of getting behind Irish artists way more and maybe that just got in my like I just got lucky with the timing there for sure. Tell me about like the idea of writing uh, a radio song like did you have to kind of completely change your mindset in a way like like listening to the radio for ages as well I suppose just trying to figure out like what are they after? <laughs> what do they want? Well it wasn't completely like um I wasn't completely sucking up to the, the radio uh, picture perfect song or anything, but it was more a lot of my songs would, well, I've never recorded with a full band before, you know, with drums, bass, uh, double tracking and all this. So I knew I was going to be able to do that. 
So sitting down, I said, on this album, I wanted just at least one song that was like really like, as far as I could get, close to rock and roll. The closest I could ever get to. <laughs> and save the day was that. Just like, it's a regular 4-4 beat. It's just driving, it's just going. And um, it's not over four minutes. And to me, that's radio material. I don't know anything else about that. That's as much as I know. <laughs> <laughs> um and and so have you already seen just kind of what happens when you get radio play suddenly you're getting more attention or more listeners on on your other um audio platforms and stuff straight away you can be like this is why everybody wants radio play <laughs> i definitely see why people because i've been playing music since i was 18 trying to do that hustle and I think it would take maybe a year to get over a thousand listens on a track I'd release. And I would, and, and I felt like that was really good. Do you know, I, I felt like I was, and then the minute it got on the radio more than once or twice, like within a month it had 4,000 listens. And I know you shouldn't track your progress with streams or things like that, but I was suddenly getting messages from strangers. And I was like, oh, that's different. Like it's not my auntie over in Australia or my cousin, you know what I mean? It, it felt really nice that it was actually people taking the time out of their day and they didn't know me, they just knew my music. So that has definitely been the, the strangest and the best thing since the radio play, for me anyway. Yeah, I guess one of, one of the stories about the summer was just kind of this, um, like, like as you say, it felt like uh, radio stations were getting more behind uh, Irish acts during this time of COVID and everything. But also there was that report that came out about um, women being played on the radio. Was that one thing where you were just like, well? Well, my, it was like two weeks. Um, Save the Day came out two weeks before that gender disparity research came out. And I was like, ooh, this is crazy timing. But also, like, I was really glad that it was played you know a little bit before it so it wasn't just completely like oh we better just play all the female artists now and keep them happy and forget about it next week which they haven't in fairness um so that felt good that at least one or two plays had been in before that but it definitely helped that's for sure i i it, it had to have helped do you know what i mean just that kind of buzz around it and um i wasn't even aware of it do you know i wasn't you know, I wasn't hurting. I thought I wasn't getting radio played because my songs weren't good enough. And I, and that was, and that was the case before this, do you know? And, but that's totally okay to own. Like you have to, you know, keep working and progress and making it more. <laughs> I hope I don't come across like I'm just trying to make radio friendly music. Cause <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I think it's always interesting to hear acts who, like would like their music to get played on the radio like it's so easy to kind of complain about it you know kind of afterwards with hindsight oh they never fucking played my song but um you know to actually be like i do want them to play the music like i always say like there's so many irish acts in particular who just if they get on the radio you know they've they've got a certain amount made for themselves you know like they've they've hit a certain level that so many bands don't get to hit so i think like Fair play for trying to do it and fair play, like, like well done for actually getting it as well. <laughs> Thank you. Well, like, it's all, you make your own luck, I think, and then timing is everything. So I think that that's more it. It's not, I, I, I'm, I'm saying thank you in a very roundabout way, kind of trying to like that whole, it's from pennies kind of throwaway comment. <laughs> 
so tell me about like that realization that you came to you feel like the music that you were making beforehand wasn't good enough for for the radio not that it w- wasn't good enough i still i i really liked it and i felt it was honest and a good representation of where i was at um but it wasn't i never thought radio play would even be on the horizon for me does that make sense i got a few um support spins after 12 o'clock on um, digital radios and and late date in fairness on rte radio one are very good at like kind of it doesn't matter if you're totally unknown if they like it they will play it but they were the recording quality wasn't as good the songwriting i felt was it was there but not there yet kind of thing and and i feel like with this album i took my i took my time with it you know what i mean and i feel like it, it's definitely my best foot forward like i i feel like i i put the time into it and if people don't like it that's okay because I definitely pushed myself to give it my all and that's all you can that's all you can do <laughs> um let's talk about your own musical journey to date so far you're in uh, a band uh June Echo am I oh, pronouncing it right that's very good I say that's the first person to ever pronounce it <laughs> the way we intended Few. uh w- was that your first taste of making music with other people making music in a band and kind of making it making music like as this is what I want to do um I always knew this sounds so bad like but since I was 14 I knew that I wanted to write songs and play it as much as possible um but I also knew I wanted to be a teacher at around that time so I've kind of kept to my track and I was so so involved in Kaylee bands and group of Kjols and Kjoltas and the trad scene all growing up and then I even went and did music in college down in Limerick where it was the trad course remember the it, Irish music and dance down in UL it was the BA it was the best thing I ever did but I knew what I was getting myself into I had a good time you know and I did learn but you know um <laughs> so before I, I was 17 and I went, I got a scholarship to do a two weeks course down in UL um, for flute and guitar. And I met uh, Hajime Takahashi and Alton O'Brien there and we just started playing together. And so I was in my leaving cert that year when I was in a, my official band and I was, you know, I knew what I was doing. <laughs> and. We, we stayed together all through college and then once I finished um, I just started doing my own thing and they started joining different bands and it just all naturally we just grew out of it and it was a, it was a great experience we were just you know it was for enjoyment for sure the experience kind of stands to you as well and that like it's kind of the learning curve of what to expect in the music industry absolutely because we did an EP together and I learned a lot from that. And then I went and did my own EP and I learned even more from that. And then I was lucky enough to get people who got behind me for the album who, who um, I don't know, Blind Faith or whatever, they just thought they'd, uh, the Black Gate were really, really, they're good friends and they just they gave me that confidence boost and said we'd work on it together, which has been a dream compared to doing everything on your own. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a big working on it the whole time so after june echo you just continue making music there was no like ah oh, what am i doing there was no kind of like reassess maybe there was a reassessing maybe there's there has to be a reassessing to decide like i'll i'll strike out on my own and you know figure it out from there well i think i've always been reassessing because i've always been like i always promised us like i'll go and 
I'll do because I always had it in the back of my mind that I'd do a BA in music, see what happened, secretly hoping I could be Britney Spears studying the flute. Trad flute. Britney Spears playing the flute, that would be interesting. <laughs> um and I knew I was going to do primary school teaching at some point. Like it always really appealed to me. I did a lot of um work and taught a lot of national school level kids music all the way through college and um I just kept pushing it off and kept singing and kept gigging and the penny dropped that was like oh music mightn't work in the way that I wanted to um but I didn't feel upset about it I just said okay time to change the plan up a little bit and go and go and get my degree in um, education or the master's for primary education and I'm currently doing that now and doing the album so it feels really good like like your world can't just be music do you know what I mean you have to have dimensions or what what are you going to ever sing about do you know what I mean if you're just so yeah it feels good right now great um I mean you mentioned earlier you know it's been a, a long time coming the debut album is that just because of uh other influences like uh qualifying to be a primary school teacher um to be honest I don't think that slowed me down the musical thing it was more just I didn't want to bring out an album on my own like I did at the EP if I felt people didn't want it does that make sense I didn't feel the need to like oh let's just throw an album out just for the sake of doing it it was when I started gigging more in the Blackgate they were kind of calling me for support all the time which I just loved performing so I kept doing it and then they're like that they would get behind and do the album and then I I was like okay I feel comfortable about releasing something when other people are saying we want to hear this do you know not just me like it's not just a like and maybe that's just the, a little dream in my head that I'm I'm selling myself but I couldn't afford to do the album the way I wanted to do it on my own I couldn't you know and I always just said I'll do it someday if 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 there's need because it, it never st I never stopped writing songs do you know or I never stopped wanting to to gig but I, I definitely wasn't seeing um, enough traction to be like people want an album now and I didn't want to just do it for a business point of view either so I waited until it felt a little bit better and I think it, it felt right the past year so more more possible and and so did those support slots at the black gate did they just kind of give you more of a confidence like you're you're just just performing on a regular enough basis i suppose in front of a crowd is always just going to just going to be so important to the development of an artist isn't it it's massive yeah and i and i the 2018 2019 like i i definitely i felt like so much more confidence and confident in myself i wasn't speaking with the squeaky voice or apologizing or like you know i just felt comfortable up there and the, as you said the more you do it the it, you just grow into it and that definitely helped and then there was people actually coming up and you know asking who i was and following me the next day and that's how you know that it was working do you know what i mean like as in so that felt good and it's still early baby days even though i've been doing this since i was 17 i've been gigging since I was 17 and I still feel like I'm just like on level two or something and there's a hundred more levels and that's really exciting because life will get so boring if I felt like it's so easily attainable or something. Are, are you missing the gigs and the festivals and everything now? Sorry sorry to talk about uh, about Covid again but like you kind of desperate to get out and perform? Um, 
I'm desperate to heed guidelines and make sure everyone's safe and like. Um, <laughs> oh, very responsible answer. <laughs> I am though, like, um, but yeah, of course you do. It's a, like everyone has the rug has been pulled out from them. Do you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, it, it's it's disappointing not to get to go and do a little mini tour, or do you know the festivals and stuff. Um, especially when I felt like I was getting revved up to go to that next level. Um, but that's life and, you know, maybe a good song will come out of it. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, to answer in short, I, I really do miss it. But, uh, you know, life could be worse for us. Like I'm at home getting to study and watch Netflix and play my piano. And, you know, it, it could, I'm not going to complain too much. I'm safe. Was the album all ready to go like lockdown didn't give you kind of impetus to to finish it or anything like it's coming it's coming out at the start of September I mean could it have come out six months ago as well it was just like coincidental yeah it definitely was it, it's been ready for quite a while it was just the finishing touches of artwork and design and things that stuff halfway just before we were almost to release it I felt like something wasn't right and we held the brakes just because there were nobody was going to have to be refunded for tickets or anything or there wasn't it really didn't matter if we pushed it out so um COVID actually because it was originally supposed to come out in August 10th and then we decided to push it out to September 4th just to make sure to make sure so I feel um I feel really good about the package now I feel like every every box has been ticked in my mind um, to please me, I don't know about anyone else, but uh, a bit of a control freak <laughs> over the little things. Um, tell me about um, kind of the story behind it, because there's this quote in the uh, press release uh, where you say, I'll read your words back to you, uh, I recorded this album after one of the most challenging years I faced so far. I lost my mom, got married, went back to school, and I grew up a bit, I think. My world got bigger and smaller all in one breath, and this album, Hemet, is all about that. Like, like is that it in a nutshell? That's it in a nutshell. <laughs> it sounds like it was a tough year. Like, I mean, uh, it. I guess it all kind of leads you artistically to confront things. I think it's not so much inspiration, it was comfort. Um, the one thing that's dead steady for me through all that change and whirlwind was music. I always had it. I always came home, like, especially when things got stressful, I would turn to that. Like, it's just, and that's the thing what makes me most happy about music being such a big part of my life so long. Um, it's going to be a constant, hopefully. Touch wood that nothing horrendous happens. But, um, like even if this album flops or succeeds, whatever success means in this light, I'm I'm still going to be writing songs and still have that comfort of piano. And granted, we don't have the the gigging and that that kind of um, itch being scratched right now. But the the biggest reward I've always gotten was being able to be alone and write and do my own thing. And I never aim to say something when I sit down. It's just something might pop into my head and I'll keep working it out until I've said something unknowns to myself and then I look back and I'm like oh that's a theme <laughs> that's a pattern <laughs> it's like your own therapist <laughs> so like the these life events that that have happened to you is that something that you kind of didn't have before like when you were talking about that um debut album you released in 2016 
was it like do, do you feel like these subject matters are kind of new and they're just kind of deeper than the experiences you would have had before yeah like the ep was written on the grounds of you know oh you know maybe i drink too much in a breakup and college you know like very authentic real things at the time that feel heavy but like and people go through it but it didn't have much weight do you know and i remember my uncle uh, the first time he heard me sing one of my songs it was called money tree and i was 13 and he went wait till life beats you down a bit more <laughs> that was kind of his sentiment of like when you have something to reflect on more do you know back then i couldn't afford the pair of shoes and duns or something at 13 and i wrote a song about it like but we all we all lose people and we all um hit weird milestones and have to change and uproot ourselves at some point or another and that's why i think universally heartbreak loss um feeling just totally fed up um that's universal no one can escape it fully you'll get a bit of it no matter what so i think the year was just packed with it and i didn't expect it as much um and i saw a lot of positive things in in the year as well you know and made me just more grateful and uh i felt the songs are honest and they capture that and i'm not trying to tell anyone else's experience so that felt nice it was just my own um and and as a solo album you mentioned earlier that you've had help along the way is that just from the folks at at blackgate or who like who else are involved like kind of uh behind the scenes well there's two songs that i co-wrote with my husband um, who's from Hemet and he's been a great help just even he's just he's a great help in general full stop you know he's you know your partner of crime is usually beneficial to your life so is, is he a musician as well yes um, that's how we met he's um, he actually has a family band called Hippie Cream and they're a band a group of friends and family all in their 40s kids uh, that have been in this band together for 20 years and they have i think 17 19 albums i don't know but it's endless it is endless and it's his brother who leads it so my brother-in-law and he is as far as i'm concerned one of the most interesting bizarre songwriters i've ever come across and they just meet up once a week or once or twice a year drink lots of beer in a rented house or one of their houses and record a full album and all the songs are original and they are just it's been the biggest inspiration um like a wake-up call of music is not about like um getting the validation it's about the community you form and if you can keep that in your 40s and feel really good even if no one ever listens to it like i highly recommend looking them up on spotify everything is there but like um and i'm a part of it now and i love it and it's like they, his whole family, who are based based originally in Hemet, are great songwriters, and like they do it for the love of it. And it was just crazy to meet a whole new community through them, because uh, I'm the only one who writes songs in my family, because I'm the only one with notions. Um, so it was just a really fun world to open up, and that's a huge part of why, because all those guys are originally from Hemet as well. So that was one another reason why. Um, it all feeds into him it just kind of summed up the year because all the feelings that i had that year is what i feel when i'm in Hemet. so 
Where, where is Hamlet? It's, um, I should have this exactly down to a fine tuned answer, but I don't. It's like, it's in California. It's like an hour away from Palm Springs, San Diego, about two hours from Los Angeles, an hour and a half. So it's really like, and it is like the Banislow of California. That's, and it's brilliant. And it used to be famous for, it had so many banks at one stage and old folks, like it's a famous over 50 destination. And like really like plush uh, old folks home, but now it's, it's quite different. Um, but there's orange groves and meth addicts and that's its charm. And it's brilliant, I think it's, and they all really, the people from Hemet are, either super proud of it, like Hemet is heaven kind of proud of it, or really shamed and like, oh, this is such a, I don't want to curse, but like a bum town and da 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 da. So it's kind of how you feel about yourself sometimes. You're either super proud or like, ooh, so. <laughs> I like that description. I'm just trying to imagine it now, the ball in the slow of California. I, I, that's definitely, I feel it's a fair, <laughs> it's a big enough place. But in California, it's not, nobody really knows of it. When any time I meet other Californians, they're like, hem it, hem it. Oh, I think I know it. You know, that kind of way, like that small village. <laughs> um, coming back to the album, I suppose there's loads of lines on it that you um, that I could uh, pick out to ask you about. I was quite drawn to um, the track Hallelujah, where you say, perhaps if I became a mother, I could turn this around. Like, is that a genuine... Uh, feeling is that just something that your your mind is just kind of wandering and stuff it's it's quite a quite a heady heavy line no it's like um it's exactly what I thought you know um my mom died um but a few months before I got married um which was we were expected she was in palliative care for quite a while and um I don't know the minute I got married I just turned into this total different like whoa, I, maybe I need to get a mortgage, maybe we have kids, maybe if we do all this, I'll feel right. Or like, and this sounds really strange, but like also that idea of, I'm oversharing here totally, but um, that feeling of you've lost someone, maybe you should replace. Does that make sense? It's strange, kind of like, we didn't, we didn't see it through, <laughs> but I wrote it with my husband and, there was lots of conversations around that kind of thing and you know and that's grieving grieving is so funny like everyone just does it so differently so it was really interesting to capture it in songs how did you find writing uh with your husband like is it something that just kind of comes naturally or was it kind of um i don't know was it a little awkward at all or anything um definitely not awkward he writes some of the nicest poetry and i often kind of steal a line or two and then we've co-written a song you know because i i wouldn't be too much of a literature nerd at all like some people it was funny because they're like wow you must read and love da, da, da. i was like no like as in i'm quite simple i really am like i have to work really hard just to get through a primary school education course you know but i think that's the chairman the songwriters that i was always drawn to like I find Tom Waits and John Prine are a really good example of when you actually break down their lyrics, they're just being really simple and straight about things. But it, that's what's so poetic about it. You know, you know, 
you don't see them talking about golden drizzle dates and you know passion fruit bruises like they're just very natural and and their observations and feelings of the world connect that so that's kind of always what I've aimed for so having Wesley it's like a, a, a nice he he's a total different take on things so when we fuse them together it kind of probably brings me up a notch and uh, yeah it's great and he's just so laid back like you I he's almost he's like horizontal all the time so it's, it's, it'd be hard to be awkward when writing a song your own music like how how would you describe it because it's kind of like a, a a mix of different things both influences and just the descriptions I mean like I guess folk would be the most obvious uh descriptor but it, but like what would you kind of clarify yourself as I think as you said folk is definitely the lazy man's box to be put into um and I'm comfortable with that because I did study folk music and uh, I'd be honoured if anyone thought it was folk music but it's not because I'm just singing about myself I'm not singing about others and the current climate so it's not really the song of the people or anything so that's um, and it's not like I'm sharing it to the world and anyone can have it it's like no it's written by X, Y, you know what I mean so I think I'm a singer-songwriter as in I write songs on different instruments and it can change and grow and god I don't know a singer songwriter I suppose do you know as some people say oh sure she's a Joni Mitchell want to be that's fine that's totally fine you'll, you'll take that uh, yeah <laughs> any day great um well the album is uh great and I mean best best of luck uh with the release of it um I mean, I asked you at the start how excited you were, and uh, I don't know. I, I just think after after four years, you must just be like a little bit relieved as well, just to kind of get it out. Like finally, the debut album. I know. Yeah, that that is that is. There's definitely a sense of that too, because it's um you can close that chapter, you know, it's done, and you did your best, and now you can officially move on, which will feel really nice. Have Have you got? more stuff written like post uh Hemet. yes yeah um but not recorded or anything but just kind of tinkling away the whole time and yeah i'm excited i I've, i'm just more ready to see how it's received and i think that'll inform my songwriting as well Do you know not so if it's received well or not so well i think that'll be an emotion i'll definitely have to write out and see if that comes into my writing well, listen, thanks a lot for uh, taking your Saturday morning uh, to chat with me and best of luck uh, with the release of Hemet. Not at all. Thank you. What's the matter with the time I keep the drum circles around me all day? Why can't I complete a task and feel good at the end of the day? Why don't you turn the TV Pushes you away. I told you I was doing just fine this way. There's no need to worry that way. Doing it for you, doing it for the kids' sake. I wish I.
When you 